Enjoy your Thanksgiving. It's getting close to Christmas and all the Christmas lights are going up all over the place. Pastor Lance said that he's putting up Christmas lights this year. He lives in the Maulani district and that district is the district that spends millions and millions of dollars decorating their homes. And if you're in that district and you have no lights on your house and you're a pastor, it's a very bad testimony. So <laughs> Pastor Lance is putting up lights at his house. Um, we are jumping into, oh, um, thank you, Janice, for doing worship. How many enjoyed the worship this morning? And all the volunteers that uh, are making this service happen. Uh, next week, we are going to split into two services. So don't come at eight uh, don't come at 9 o'clock. Come at 8.30 or 10 is the uh, two service times next week. And uh, we're going to be jumping into a brand new series. We're actually starting it this week called Stories of Grace. How many of you remember uh, the Stories of Grace series that we did uh, a couple years ago, I believe it was? How many of you remember that? Um, the Stories of Grace series is a series where we highlight different stories within our congregation and, and this year it's going to be people outside of our congregation even that have experienced the miracles and the grace of God. And uh, it's being put onto video, and there's going to be um, a video to watch, and then uh, the word that's given, and then an interview of, of the person that's coming. So a couple of these testimonies. Um, next week, we're going to have the International Christ Christian Fellowship, and their uh, church from Lahaina, that their church burned down, uh, the parsonage burned down, and uh, we're, allow we're letting them have their services uh, here in our church. And so they've been having uh, their services after we leave. They come in, and uh, we've donated all of our equipment uh, to that church so that when they replant uh, back in Lahaina, they have uh, a fully paid sound system ready to go, a truck that's, uh, or a van that's um, given to them. It's from our Pastor Lance and the Wailuku congregation generously gave all of their equipment to them. And so they're going to be leading worship next week, and then they're also going to share about some of the miracles that have happened uh, during this season of the Lahaina uh, fires. Uh, the week after that, we're going to have preschool and uh, testimony during that week. And then the following week, um, there's that amazing story of, uh, of people who were rescued from the fire uh, through prayer, and then provided for after. So all of these stories are going to be stories you don't want to miss, and you want to uh, invite somebody that doesn't know the Lord to those services. It's, it's going to be an awesome time. So stories of grace. Everyone say stories of grace. And before I jump into the message this morning, because we're in the spirit of thanksgiving, I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you, look in their eyes, and tell them why you appreciate them today. What's one thing that you appreciate about them today? And, and if you don't know them, just say, I'm just thankful that you're here. <laughs> There's some people I'm looking around and they're all awkward. They don't want to. <laughs> it's okay. This is church. Everybody loves you. We're going to start this morning by reading a scripture from Hebrews 10, 25. My name is John, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible Church. Um, I want to talk this morning about the power of your story. All of us have stories to tell, and there's life-changing power. Whenever you talk about what God has done for you and what God has done in your life, there, there's a power behind that. 
And so um, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let's read this at the count of three. One, two, three. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. God, that you encourage us that as the day is approaching of either us seeing you or you coming back, God, that you're, you encourage us to not neglect meeting together and sharing about the goodness of who you are. Lord, we pray that even in the midst of tragedy that our island has experienced, God, that you are the light and you are the hope. And even in, in trying times, that you do miracles that highlight your power to bring life from dead, beauty from ashes, joy from mourning. And God, we pray that as we jump into your word, God, that you would spark within us uh, the hope and the calling that you have on every single one of our lives to be a reflection of who you are, that we would shine in the darkness. And God, that we would draw people to yourself. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Um, these stories that will be told in the next several weeks through video, scripture, testimony, uh, interviews, it's, it's going to be very powerful. Uh, one of the things that I would encourage you to do as we listen to these stories, don't compare your story with someone else's story. A lot of times God does miracles, and the temptation that we can have is, how come God did it for that person, but he didn't do it for me? And it's a constant uh, tactic of the enemy to make everyone feel that they're not loved by God the same way. And I, I really want to encourage you. There's a scripture that says to rejoice with those that rejoice and to weep with those that weep. So when we see God perform a miracle in someone else's life, the whole purpose of that is to spark faith, to believe in the promises of God. Even if it's not for this season of our lives, it's a reflection of his goodness and his faithfulness that he will perform the things that he promised in our lives in another season. And so when you see something, God bless somebody else, say yes, amen, bless that person. And as you do, you rejoice with those that rejoice. There is an anointing that falls on your life from that blessing. How many of you want to receive the anointing from somebody else's blessing? And the way that we receive it is not to criticize or not to feel inadequate or not worthy, but it's to rejoice and thank God for what he's doing in someone else's life. And know that if you rejoice and you're grateful for what God does in someone else's life, he's going to do it in yours as well. Amen? Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm so happy for you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, there's three reasons why I feel it's important for us to share the stories of what God is doing right now. Just as there is a power in negative testimony or negative storytelling, and we, we have that all the time over the news, and you might get it from your coworker at work. Hopefully, you don't get it from uh, somebody at, in your own home. But if you do, tell, be thankful and grateful for them. <laughs> if they give you negative stuff, look in their eyes and say, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your negative stories. Um, but there's a power when we share the good news of what God is doing. Um, so there's three different as uh, reasons why we want to share stories. One, it's uh, your testimony or testifying of what God has done in your life 
it's a weapon. It's a weapon against our enemy. Number two, testimony is something that heals yourself. A lot of times God does something in your life, and it's just a partial work of what he wants to do. He gives us a small portion of what he wants to do and, and watches how we steward that. And as we're grateful for that, then the wholeness of that miracle is completed when we testify to someone else. The last thing is testimony impacts the lives of others. It not only is a weapon against the enemy, it not only finishes the work that God wants to do in our lives, but it becomes a blessing to those that are around us. So I want to jump into those three things. Uh, the testimony is a weapon against our enemy. Everyone say weapon. Um, the thief does not come. We have an enemy. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, as Christians, you and I have an enemy, and we are at war. We might, not, we might not think we do because our enemy is not of the flesh. Our enemy is in the supernatural realm. The, Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so, so our battle is in the spiritual realm. It's not in the physical. Um, I remember when I went to Hong Kong for the first time, and I went, I wanted to, I wanted to barter. How many of you like to barter? How many are good at bartering? I'm really, really bad at bartering. I, I, I would go to swap meets and, you know, try to, you know who's really good at bartering? Is the Filipinos. <laughs> Filipinos are really good at bargaining. Even when they don't need the bargain, we used to do, like, garage sales out here under our portico share at the church and sell things for 10 cents and the aunties from all around the neighborhood they would come and say five cents three cents and they don't need the discount but they just want the discount so me i just like the price tag and i'll just pay whatever's on the price tag but i wanted to venture out into a skill set that i hadn't developed yet when i went to hong kong and i thought yeah, everybody said yeah you can like bargain the price down so we went to this electronic you know, uh, district, and there was a camera there that was a really nice camera, and I forget how much it was. It was like, you know, $500, and I was like, I'm going to get it for 250 So I was like, I want it for 250 and they're, sure, sure, give it for 250 and I was like, whoa, that's easy, and then they said, yeah, g give us the 250 so I give them the 250 and he gives the money to this boy, and he runs out the store, and, and he said, he's going to go buy it from the shop down the street. I'm like, oh, I should have just gone to that store down the street. One hour, two hours, two and a half hours. I'm like, where's the camera? Oh, I don't know. He must be getting it. I, I finally figure out that I'm not going to get my camera for $250. So I, long story short, I end up getting ripped off, and I, I got this $100 camera for $250. Big lesson, when you go shopping in Hong Kong, you have an enemy. <laughs> the enemy is the, the clerk on the other side. I wasn't used to that because in America, you can give money and expect something back. But over there, I realized you never give money without the product in your hand first. Yeah, super 
a lesson I will never forget. When you go overseas, never give your money unless you have something in your hand first. But it was because I didn't know I had an enemy. I thought that the cashier was my friend. And a lot of times we navigate life thinking that we don't have an enemy, that everything just happens by chance. But we do have an enemy. And the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's his whole goal in our life. And we've seen that happen on this island. Maybe you've experienced it in your relationships. Maybe you've experienced it in finances or in the fear of this economy. But God says that there's a way to combat this enemy. And it's found in Revelations. Let's read this together. Revelations 12, 11. This is the weapon of our supernatural warfare. Let's read it together. The count of three. One, two, three. And they overcame him by, number one, the blood of the lamb. Number two, by the word of their testimonies. And number three, they loved not their lives even unto the death. The blood of the lamb. That's the first thing, the first weapon that we have. We know that we're accepted and loved and forgiven by God. All the shame that you feel, all the guilt that you feel, all the fear of death that you, fe that you feel is negated by the blood of Christ. When we know that God loves us enough that he gave his only son for us and that everything that we've done is forgiven, it restores a relationship with our heavenly father. And when we have a relationship with God, that's, the biggest atomic bomb nuclear warhead of the spiritual realm that we can have. We already won the war through the blood of the Lamb. Once we have our relationship with the Lord firm because of what Christ did, the second thing is the word of our testimony. How many of you know that you're forgiven? And how many of you have a relationship with Christ? Raise your hand if you have a relationship with Christ. Once you have a relationship with Christ, the next way that we overcome him is through the word of our testimony. It's talking about what God has done. And when we talk about what God has done, that is supernatural warfare because it spreads hope and it spreads his love and it sparks faith in people's hearts that they can see the same thing that God did in your life. And then the last thing is they love not their lives even unto death. You know, one of the biggest tactics of the enemy or weapons of the enemy is fear. And we saw that during COVID. We see that all over. It's, it's fear of death. It's fear of sickness. It's fear of disease. It's fear of loss. There's so much fear that the enemy puts on not just the life of the believer, but on everyone's life. That's the way that he steals our joy. That's the way he steals our focus steals the blessings that God wants to give in our lives. It's through fear. And this scripture says they love not their lives even unto death. When, when you don't fear death, the enemy can't put fear in your heart and control you with fear. There's an there's uh, illustration that my dad would read all the time. He, he would say, if you're worried about if you're worried about sickness, what's the worst that can happen? That you die. I don't know. I'm, I'm screwing this up. But it's like, <laughs> so, 
Some worry about sickness. Why? Because it can lead to terminal illness. Why? Why are you afraid of terminal illness? Because it can lead to dis disablement. Well, and then why do you fear that? Because it can lead to death. So if you're going to die, then why worry? Like if your greatest fear is death, and when you do die, you can't worry, then why worry to begin with? Or something like that. I messed it up. But the idea is don't worry because the worst thing that can happen is you die. And as Christians, we have a promise of eternal life. I always tell my son that whenever my son or daughter is worried about anything, I'm like, the worst thing that can happen is you die. <laughs> you can ask anyone in my family. I, I say that all the time. And now my kids are repeating that to each other. They're like, oh, we're going to, this is going to happen. Oh, the worst that can happen is you're going to die. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and once you accept that we're all going to die anyway, at some point, there's nothing to fear. Amen? <laughs> Testimony is something that heals, heals ourself. It's, it's not just a weapon against the enemy, but testimony is something that heals ourselves. Um, in Luke 17, 14, and 16, let's read the scripture together. Uh, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that when they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, everyone say loud voice. He glorified God, fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And he said to him, arise, go your way, for your faith has made you well. In the Greek, well is interpreted whole or complete. There was still a completion of the miracle that God wanted for this person. And it wasn't finished until he, with a loud voice, declared and shared his thanksgiving to God. And so when God does something in our lives, the temptation is like, and voices say, ah, oh, that was just chance. That really wasn't God. Maybe that was just like circumstance or something. And Oh, I shouldn't talk about that because if I share what I think God did, then people are going to think I'm like some kind of religious freak or something. And I don't want to get religious. I don't want to push my religion on other people. And so we don't, because of fear, and we love our lives, and we love what people think about us, we don't, we don't share the testimony. We don't enter into spiritual warfare and use the weapons that God has given us because we don't, we're afraid of what other people think or doubt ourselves. But there's a completion of what God wants to do in our lives that happens only when we speak out about what he's already done. Amen? God gives us glimpses of miracles or half works of miracles and watches how we steward it, just like this person. He was healed, but he wasn't made whole until he started to verbalize and thank God and give God the credit for what he did. And then Jesus said, you're now made whole. A lot of times in our lives, we leave those miracles um, unfinished. And so when we do the stories of grace and we share about what God has done, it's actually giving opportunity for those people who testify to experience the finished miracle of what God wants to do in their lives. But the real goal of the Stories of Grace series is that it would motivate every single one of us to evaluate in our own lives what God has done 
to be thankful for those things and then to verbalize those things to others. I remember when I was in, in charge of the youth group, um, we used to take the kids out and have them do elevator testimonies. How many have heard of elevator testimonies? No? The elevator testimony is when you go into an elevator and everybody walks into the elevator, the door opens, ching, you know, everybody walks in and then the door closes, everyone turns around, right? And the door closes and then we had the kids turn around and share their testimony to a captive audience. <laughs> and uh, so they, they went to the hotels where there was the high, the, you know, the, the tallest elevators and the whole testimony was, what was your life before Christ? How did he change your life? And then how is your life after Christ? And then an encouragement to people who hear. And so we sent them out in groups of two. Ryan, you remember this? You, you never did that? I know Kai Aubrey did it. And we sent spies. So one person would share their testimony. The other person would like be in the corner and watch the whole thing and then you know, report, you know, how, how it went. And um, uh, so Kai Aubrey, he's, he's a fireman right now. Uh, they walked into the, the elevator. So everybody walked in, you know, the door closed, and then he turned around and he shared his testimony to the whole elevator, and he was freaking out. And then he turned around and ran out of the elevator, but there was a guy that was his friend Micah that was in the elevator listening. And then when the door closed, he wanted to see how these people would react. And one of the ladies go, said, that kid was so cute. <laughs> and, and everybody received it really well. I, I'm not encouraging you to do that. But testimonies are very easy to share. And when we share those testimonies, there's a work that God does in our own lives. Uh, the last thing that, that testimonies do is it impacts the lives of others. Um, how many of you are... Close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Okay. How many of you are here because someone shared with you what God did in their lives? Raise your hand if you're here because somebody else shared with you what God did in their life. Okay, you can open your eyes and look around. <laughs> it's probably like 30%. Okay, why don't you just keep your eyes open? How many of you are here in church because somebody invited you or somebody told you about the goodness of God in their life. You know, the power of your testimony impacts the lives of others. I was just, last week, my friend, um, he's on Oahu, and he is this financial planner guy, and um, I didn't have too much interaction with him until I was in college. And then when I was in college, I, I just, like, was always drawn to him, like we just got along really well. And, um, and so he came over on the cruise ship and his parents said, hey, let's go to Grace Bible Church. And so his parents brought him and his wife and their kids to church last week. And so I was like, hey, Cliff, how you doing? Oh, long time no see, you know, we were just talking. And then uh, the mom said, oh, is your mom here? Because your mom led me to the Lord when I was in Barrington High School, and she was Japanese. I was like, I didn't know Japanese went Barrington. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then, um, and then her husband, too, her husband uh, said, oh, yeah, I know your dad from college. And so 
like my dad and mom went and met them and um and then that the lady told my mom I just wanted to meet, and they're, they're older now, they're, they're in their 70s, but she said, I just want to let you know that when uh, I was a high schooler, you came into our classroom, and you shared about Christ, and because of what you shared, I received the Lord. And my mom didn't even know that. And then because she got saved and she married her husband, she had Cliff. Cliff was my good friend in college because he was going to Grace Bible Church on, in college, but that whole family was changed and the destiny of, you know, their kids and their kids' kids because someone shared. And over dinner, I was talking to my mom, and my mom was like, that year, I did everything I could to share the gospel with people, and nobody wanted to listen. She said, the only person that listened to me was this, I went, it was when she was at UH, she said it was this lady that had to count cars on East-West Road at, at UH Manoa. And so she was just sitting, clicking she had to sit there clicking, counting cars. And so my mom had a captive audience, and she just sat down and talked to her about God. <laughs> and she's like, that's the only lady that whole year that listened to me about the Lord. And I felt it was the most unfruitful year of my life. Yet decades later, this lady comes to church and says, I received the Lord because of what you said. Isn't that cool? There, we never know the impact that we're making. And I believe that at the end of our lives, when we look back on our lives, we're going to see the, not just the impact that we made, but I, I also feel that there, there could be some regret that we didn't share a little bit more. When we see the impact that our sharing did make, we're going to look back and say, man, I wish I just shared a little bit more and it impacted a little bit more lives with what God did for me. Amen? God wants, he does things in our lives, not just for us. He does things in our lives because he wants to use us to impact and change and transform the lives of others. And right now on our island, there's such an openness. There's such an openness. And we're, we're not going to do big Billy Graham crusades and like invite your friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Those things are great. Those things are good. But don't underestimate the power of your testimony and your story with the one life that's in front of you, whether it's at work or across the table for Thanksgiving dinner or a person that is just like venting about, you know, what's going on in our community and our island and, you know, all th those are all opportunities. Those are all open doors that God is giving us individually that we can make a difference, you know. We had this saying that we used to say every single week, and I, we're going to start saying it again, that each, the mission of Grace Bible Church is that each one would reach one, that each one would reach one. If all of us would just reach one person that God has put in front of us, each one reach one each year, we could make a huge, huge impact in our community. Amen? Um, we're going to close this morning. Uh, by singing How Great Is Our God. Could the worship team come up? And um, I'm very grateful <clears throat> for those that reached out to my life. When I, was in, when I was in college, I was like, even though I grew up in a pastor's home, I was kind of looking 
to escape God. And everybody at Grace Bible Church knew who I was because they knew my dad. So I went to all these other churches to kind of escape, do my own thing. But there's different ones in Grace Bible that reached out to me and, and asked me to come to small group and asked me to come to church and asked me to help in, in ministry. And, and it's because of people who reached out to me over and over and over again that became pests in my life that I just wanted them to like leave me alone. But they were so nice that I couldn't be mean to them. It was those people that really changed my life. And God wants you to be a pest to someone. There's people in your life that, that you are afraid of rejecting, rejection, but they're not going to reject you because you're too nice. But you can be a super nice pest and talk about your experiences with the Lord. And as you talk about your experience with the Lord, it will change their life. Um, if you take out your communion this morning, we're going to close by remembering what Christ did for us, that he didn't wait. And he didn't try to reach us from heaven, but he came to earth and gave his life for us. Can you just take a second and reflect on the love of God? Lord, in this season, as we just finished Thanksgiving and all across the nation, people were getting together and reflecting on the blessings Lord, this morning, we reflect on the greatest blessing that you've given us, which is the life of your own son. God, we thank you that you not only gave your son for us, but Jesus, we thank you that you loved us, that you loved humanity enough to lay your life down and to become a sacrifice for our sin that your body was broken so that we can have healing. God, we come before you this morning in need of healing. Lord, Eileen needs healing. And God, you've called us to receive healing from you so that we can give it to the world. And so, Lord, we receive your broken body for us. We thank you that you, your body was broken so that we can have healing in our mind, our emotions, our body. God, we come to your table thankful and grateful for everything that you've done. If you go ahead and just take the bread this morning. Just push that tab down to snap it, and then you can pull it back. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed. That forgiveness didn't come at no cost, but that it cost you your life. And that your blood was shed, it was the only thing that was powerful enough to take away the sins of the world. 
God, thank you for your forgiveness and not just your forgiveness, but that you clothe us, clothe us with your righteousness so that when your Father sees us, he doesn't see our sins and our shortcomings and our failures, but he sees you. He sees your righteousness. And so, God, we receive forgiveness for our thoughts, our actions, intentional and unintentional. God, we receive your forgiveness this morning. Go ahead and take the cup. And just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, in the same way that I receive forgiveness from you, I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for your grace. And you've commanded me that in the same way that I receive, that I should freely give. So I make a decision this morning to surrender to you, to give every offense to you. And Lord, I make a determination to forgive those who have offended me. Use me to be your representation to our community. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's sing this song together as we close.